Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. Your attention is directed to Minding Your P's and Q's, a show that studies the sensitive and sometimes treacherous subject of business etiquette. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today we're talking about networking conversation skills. Whether you're at a job fair or a business event, solid communication skills are essential to developing relationships and making those connections. To help us fine-tune our abilities, we have Sherry Elliott-Yeary joining us from Texas. Sherry, known as the Generational Guru, is the president of Human Capital Solutions, as well as a consultant and trainer in the areas of human resources and talent management. Sherry, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. And we're, of course, glad to have you on to give us some insight. You know, I did mention a couple of things there about what you do, your positions, but if you could briefly fill us in on what your company does precisely and especially your experience in this area. I actually have been working in HR for about 14 years or so and decided that the generational issues were so apparent in a miscommunication that I wrote the book Ties to Tattoos. And that's how I got the nickname Generational Guru. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting way. It's just listening to what clients had to say. And I've been very passionate about trying to help the four generations collaborate versus collide. And now I have a human resource consulting practice, and I'm the president of the organization. We provide training, coaching, leadership, strategic alliance. Great. And I think, you know, the idea of the the generational gaps and maybe different things or different ways people handle things, it does fit in with this networking, uh, especially with all the technology now. It seems like people just want to do everything online and and not really that face-to-face idea. So in your view, how much of an emphasis should be put on this idea of networking and, and real conversation in the world of employment? Well, that's a great question because I've noticed the millennials, which are our youngest generation, which are 31 and below, they tend to be a lot more tech savvy. So utilizing interview skills that are online or sending um, communications that might have misspellings versus having the ability and confidence to stand up and present in front of a sales team, if that was part of your job interview, for instance, that's something that that generation really doesn't have a strong strong capability in, whereas somebody in a boomer generation would be able to do that. So the networking is really different because each generation is even going to go to what they're most comfortable with. And it's important to have that in-face ability to talk to each other, to be able to flow with conversation. And there has been a distinct difference when you're talking to someone of a millennial generation versus the other three. So that really does kind of hold them back a bit when it comes to networking, because they try to focus strictly on the online networking versus where a lot of business people are, are out at the meetings, associations, community events, volunteer and I think that's a good point you bring up, and that's part of the reason we wanted to have someone like you on, and that idea of it's still important, obviously, to be out there and, and make those actual connections, and you're going to be in a situation where you, like you said, maybe you're at an event or some sort of job for you where that networking face-to-face is so important. But one of the questions I had for you in terms of this networking idea, if you're out at an event, how is it that people relate someone's conversation skills, you know, how they interact with their value as maybe a business partner or in terms of a client? How, how does that connect one to the other? 
Oh, I think there's a, a huge cross connection because even if you're going out to take someone, for instance, for dinner on an opportunity to discuss as a new client, they're going to watch how you treat the waiter or waitress. They're going to mm. watch if you're on time, if you know what forks to use, how you you know put your napkin in your lap. So it's very important to have those social skills so that you feel comfortable when you walk into an environment like that, whether it's a networking event and you sit down at a lunch event, or if you're taking a client or prospective client to dinner, they start watching you from the minute they see you. And you don't know if you're going to walk into them in the restroom or if you might cut them off in the parking lot. So it could start (laughs) as soon as the parking lot. So you might want to be nice. So, I mean, they're really relating how you act. I guess it's it's a better gauge to see who you are and how you act in a a normal setting, so to speak, because obviously we all tend to put on our best faces in the office or when it's like a formal meeting. But this kind of gives people an idea of who you are and how you act just in this informal setting. Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah, I believe the word for me is authentic. Hmm. It's your true authentic self. And that's when you show up best and you're most confident. So if you can feel comfortable, whether you're on or not, knowing that you're always on and it's just you being you and you're confident in who you are, then that's what's going to help sell you and connect you with other people. And when we talk about certain events, maybe it's a reception style or it's a a gathering of of business people, you you talk about the younger generation maybe not being as well versed in this type of thing or not being prepared. So what sort of tips would you give those people to be prepared when they're going into that setting? Because I would feel just like a job interview, you want to do some homework and just somehow be ready so you're not just jumping in without any understanding of what's going on. Absolutely. I would probably take a look online and see if if the association has a website, see who some of the members are, what their mission is, and familiarize myself with that exact organization and maybe find a way to look on LinkedIn and see if you can see some photos of some of the people. So that way, when you're there, you can walk up to someone and actually know who they are and introduce yourself so that you don't feel like you're just kind of standing off in the corner with your glass in your hand. Mm -hmm. You actually have a plan. I want to meet these people. I know this group is passionate about charity, say breast cancer, or it's a construction owners uh, association. Well, then I'd make sure I did some research on who it belonged to and what were some of the latest trends going in to that organization at the time so I could speak intelligently about what the group is meeting for. How about in terms of actual conversation and being able to practice or prepare? Because as you talk about the younger generation used to texting and Twitter and Facebook and all these technological interactions. How can you prepare for those real conversations? Are there anything anything you would suggest doing? Yeah, I would practice probably with a friend or a family <laughs> member in just giving little sound bites of finding out what your eye contact is like, making sure that you've got intelligent things to say and you don't run out of questions. And also practice in front of a mirror, showing your face language, your body language, do you talk too much with your hands? Those are really good ways to practice so that you can see yourself or even get a flip phone. And, you know, we can do that with anything these days is videotape yourself Mm -hmm. having a a conversation and see how you come across to others. I like the couple of things you brought up there in terms of body language and eye contact, that sort of thing, because that's one of the areas I want to ask you about in terms of when you're meeting a person or multiple people in an event or some sort of gathering, What are some of those mandatory things that you should be 
looking out for or things that you should be doing in terms of, like you said, body language or the whole eye contact, handshakes, that type of thing? What what tips are you giving there in terms of essential things to focus on? First, don't walk in the room with your arms closed off. That's telling people you're unapproachable. So mm-hmm. have your arms down to your side. You probably have some business cards in your pocket where it's readily accessible and you don't have to, like for me as a woman, I'd have to pull through everything in my purse if somebody <laughs> asked for a business card. No. And that would not be appropriate. <laughs> no, I know. Um, out comes my handgun and next, oh, maybe a business card. Well, I don't um, know what so meetings you're going to but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we do live in texas remember that's a good point that's a good point (laughs) you need to have your business cards readily available so that you can hand them out when someone asks and have a smile on your face people say that our eyes are the windows to our soul but really try to smile with your eyes and your mouth because people are going to feel like you're more approachable and they're going to be willing to walk up to you. If you're just staring down at your phone in your hand, that gives off the signal that you're not interested and I don't want to talk to anybody. So really make sure that you give that open appearance and you look interested and you want to talk to someone. Sort of with that, in terms of being able to talk to people and whether it be introducing yourself or starting that conversation, with that procedure as far as it, you're introducing people or multiple people. I mean, what is kind of the etiquette around that? Because you talk about even when you're dining, which fork to use, how you place your napkin, that sort of thing. Isn't there also a certain etiquette to introductions and, and just involving other people in w- whatever conversation you're having? Yeah, probably because I um, remember my first networking event, I left my HR role and I had never networked truly people sold to me. So I didn't really Mm. think about networking. I walked into a room and I was terrified (laughs) at all these people. So what I remember now about that is when I see someone come into the room or if I'm with a group, I invite them to come speak with us. I go, well, and you are, and come on in and join us. And that looks really friendly and open. And then when that person comes in, I say, John, I'd like you to meet Susan. She's with Hewlett Packard. And I never use job titles because a lot of people's job titles change. If I know they're with a company, then I'm going to introduce them by their first name and their company. I like that. And does it does it matter in terms of if they're a business partner or a client or a customer? I mean, does it change at all there as far as the dynamics go? I don't believe it does because we're all people and we're introducing each other. And I like to stay away from the fact that we are only as good as our job title because that really isn't true. And we have so many people now who are entrepreneurs or in transition, you don't want to offend them. Mm -hmm. So I find it easier to remember someone's first name and introduce them on a first name basis, which is more friendly. And then if I know the company they're with. Well, and even if you're in these, uh, you invite someone in, you maybe have a, a group of people, maybe hanging out, maybe you're waiting for a presenter or some sort of thing. Starting up that conversation can sometimes be a little uncomfortable for people. A lot of times, I mean, for myself included, you're not sure what to bring up or, or who's going to take that first step. What advice would you give in terms of striking up a conversation, whether it be with an individual or even a, a small group? Well, if you're sitting at a table, for instance, and you're waiting for a speaker, um, one of the good things to do is say, you know, has anyone heard this speaker before or what brought you here to hear this topic? What interested you? You know, you can kind of start off with something small, less threatening. You don't have to go into, well, and I work for ABC company and Mm -hmm. let me tell you how good my products are. (laughs) You know, it's really just starting small talk and, and being okay to know what's been going on in the news and or do some research on the speaker if that's what you're there 
for and say, what interested you in you in this coming to this event? What are you hoping to learn? Even with that, maybe you do bring up a question or you compliment someone or you do try to start that conversation. For whatever reason, the people involved aren't really participating. Again, you don't, might not know the reasons. Are there any ways, subtly perhaps, you can encourage more conversation or add to it? Because, I mean, I think we've all been in a situation where you, you feel like you're trying and nothing's happening. You don't want to just quit. So what do you do in that case? Oh, I'd start up talking about something that might be more personal and I would uh, try to engage them on that level. Like, um, do you guys, do you have kids? What did you do for a vacation this year? Anybody have any fun trips lately? That kind of thing. Okay. So just looking to find something to connect with that hopefully at least yeah. one person contributes. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're looking around, I know here in Texas, we got a lot of people with Longhorns or A&M. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look for little clues maybe on their iPhone cover or something and make that connection with them and go, oh, you're a Longhorn fan. Well, let me tell you, I was at the last game or something <laughs> like that. you got to be perceptive and just kind of look for little clues. Or I carry a special pen with me, for instance. I've had so many people ask me where I got this pen. And that's their way of opening a conversation with me. And it's easy, and it keeps facilitating back and forth. Mm-hmm. And all it is is over my pen. <laughs> but it's so much that more funny? than that. <laughs> it is so much more than that, but it's a safe thing for them to ask me about. Right, right. Unlike unlike the handgun in your purse, right? Exactly. We try not to bring that in every time. <laughs> okay, good, good. Only in certain events. Um, Only a certain event. Now, are there certain ways that, let's say you are the, the individual that's walking into the room and, and you want to get involved with a group of people or, or maybe just approach an individual, what are some ways that you can approach those situations so that it's not awkward, but it just seems natural and, and you can involve yourself? Well, I would say take a look at the group that you want to approach and kind of listen to the what's going on in the conversation. And then once there's a lull, a brief moment of silence, step in and say, oh, I just heard what you were speaking about. That's really interesting. Hi, I'm Paul with so-and-so. Do you mind if I join you? Now, are there different approaches that might indicate your personality? I mean, some people may just kind of slink their way in. Others may ask a question or just basically jump into the conversation. Do people read into that sort of thing or or not so much in this setting? Well, in that setting, it's really important to feel confident and at least introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. And all of us would rather slink in and kind of go incognito underneath the, you know, cloak. Right. But it's really important that if you're there and you want to participate, at least give them the, your name so everybody feels like now they know something about you. Otherwise, you're just kind of like this awkward bystander on the outside of the group trying to get in. Instead, wait for a moment and ask a good question and say, oh, that brings up something I was thinking of. Hi, by the way, I'm John with, um, you know, J.C. Penny. Mm-hmm. I was interested in that. Could someone share their thoughts on that? Sure. Most people know that when you're having these conversations or you're striking something up, you should avoid in general things like politics, religion. Are there other topics that probably should be avoided or limited in these type of business atmospheres? You know, obviously right now, politics and uh, of course, religion. Uh, But one of the things I find interesting is people asking, and I'm here, I live in Dallas, but I moved here from Canada. And it really Mm -hmm. struck me as something interesting is, is asking what neighborhood or where do you live Hmm. kind of thing. That is, um, it's, it's a very much a status and asking, what do you do? I ask people all the time, don't use that as your way in. Say I'm with so-and-so and I'm passionate about, or, but asking someone, what do you do is kind of a a drop dead question. The person on the other end is going to say, I'm a director or I'm a dentist. 
Right. I'm an author. Well, you want to know more than that. So it's never a good question because it's almost like a status question. So it's different to rephrase that. Hi, I'm Sherry and I'm the generational guru. And I, uh, you know, just wanted to know more about you. Where do you come from? What do you do? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That is a dead end. We got to ask them more important questions because we don't, what if they're unemployed and you say, what do you do? That's not good. Right. Well, that's a good point. Then people, you've hurt their feelings. Right, right. People don't think of, of that side of it, that what what if what if that question leads to somewhere you don't want to go. That kind of also leads into the idea of blunders, so to speak, or a little conversation miscues. And, and something that a, a colleague of mine brought up is the idea of talking about a topic or something that might be out of your league, whether it be some sort of financial thing or an industry-type conversation. Does it really just come down to being prepared and knowing, hey, if they're talking about this, I need to stay out of the conversation? Or how do you approach that if it's something that's really not your comfort zone? Okay. So if it was on, say, politics, for instance, I mentioned to you I'm Canadian. I usually joke when politics comes up and say, well, I'm Canadian, I'm a dual citizen, so I don't really stay up on that. And I move past it. Mm. But if it's a topic I want to learn more about, I would certainly say, you know, I don't really know a lot about compensation strategy. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Okay. And that way, it's it's giving it back to them. And everybody likes to be the one with the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So now they're not threatened. And they are in the spotlight and you might learn something. Okay. So we've, we've gotten to the point where we've gotten into the group. We've had a conversation. It's time to move on. Maybe you're going to go talk to someone else. Maybe you're going to your seat. How do you end that conversation in a way that is proper? doesn't seem abrupt. You don't just disappear, that sort of thing. What, what would you point to as the, the do's and don'ts, so to speak, of ending that conversation? I would say at the, at the end of the conversation when you feel like you've gotten to know that person and you're getting ready right now to move on to something else with the speakers coming up. So, you know, I've really enjoyed spending this time getting to know you and your business. Do you want to try to connect after this? And then you can share your business card. But thanking them for their time is a very respectful and polite thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that way it doesn't appear like you're running off to go to your next you know, kill, you're, you know, you're leaving them for something better. <laughs> and then obviously the, the follow-up to that is, is after this event or wherever you are participating in this type of networking, what do you suggest in terms of follow-up, whether it be a time frame, maybe it is a, a business partner type situation where you, you may be able to foster some business with them. Do you go for a phone call? Do you send a quick note email wise? I mean, what, what's kind of the the way to do it now that you you think would be appropriate? What I normally do is I send an email thanking them, usually within the first 24 hours, Mm -hmm. because otherwise I'll forget. So (laughs) I have my cards and I know that the next day I'm going to send them an email. And I don't go to collect business cards. And I think that's really important from a networking perspective is you go to meet people of influence, centers of influence. You go to meet others to get to know them. You're not there to collect business cards. So if you come away with four or five, sending a thank you email, and I always send a thank you note and I slip my business card inside the note and then I mail it off. So they got something from me within the first 24 hours in an email. So they've got my contact Mm -hmm. and then I send them a handwritten note and it's got my business card in case they misplaced it. Okay. That's that's good advice. And I, for me, it definitely makes an impression to get a handwritten note. I've gotten a couple recently and it's like, oh, you know, taking the time, that sort of thing. Obviously, that's something that most people don't do. Do you notice that makes more of an impression than a phone call or an email? Absolutely. People are notorious for sending emails. It's quick, it's efficient, and we can do it easily. But taking the time and slowing down to write a personal message 
shows that you are making an effort to build a relationship, not just have another contact. And that's the difference. It's I'm trying to build a relationship, whether that's a referral partnership, a friendship, a client, you are taking that extra step. And I even tell job seekers, you should always leave a voicemail thanking your interviewer for the time. The next day you send the email and you send a handwritten thank you note, because that's going to differentiate you from every other candidate. And this is the same thing in business and networking. We're not in it just to get business cards. We're in it to get to know people and build our center of influence. Right. And let's take it back now into the event. Um, Say it is a large setting, whether it be for an industry or even it could be a job fair type situation, but just thinking a ton of people around, what are some tips that you can give advice in terms of ensuring that you are properly networking you know, little things of making sure how you stay involved or visible or uh, maybe just some other little nuggets that you could offer as advice. Well, I would say if you could wear a name badge that's magnetic, that has your name and your company on it, that's always helpful because people can come up and go, oh, I know so-and-so works at this company. That's wonderful. If it's like a job fair, you want to make sure you can see the people who are getting the most attraction at the booths and Mm -hmm. you want to go to those booths and have some wait in line. And I know I was at a a recent Texas uh, hub fair for businesses and we all got let out of the auditorium at the same time. Everybody went running down to talk to these um, people and there was lines, but making sure when you're standing there, if you want to introduce yourself to that person, they've probably met a hundred of them today. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? What is sets you apart from everybody else? So have that in your mind when you get up and you get your opportunity to meet that person is really important. Now, in terms of Again, maybe it's a number of different type of businesses that are around. I mean, do you suggest really focusing on a handful of groups or individuals, or do you really try to make the rounds and and touch everywhere? Because you never know where something might spark, whether it be a a business partnership or a, a client type thing. What would you suggest there? I think you have to go in with a strategy on who you want to meet because you're not going to have any meaningful conversation or make a meaningful impression in 30 seconds and keep going from place to place. You've got to decide which ones you want to meet, who you want to stay with, and you've got to keep coming back at it. Because that's how you're going to make the meaningful contacts. How are you going to know in a minute, 30 seconds, if this person's going to be someone of value or not from a business perspective? You know, you mentioned you're from Canada. Do you notice, and this is kind of off the map a little bit, but I was just curious, kind of running through my head. Is there a big difference in terms of how business is done or networking type thing between, say, Canada and how the United States typically works? I mean, do you see a a big difference or is there one? Yeah, there's a huge difference. And one of the things I noticed when I first moved here was everybody was doing these breakfast meetings and nighttime meetings, Mm -hmm. networking events. There was no such thing in Canada. They really focus in on family and personal time. So the average work week is 40 hours, not 60 And there's not a ton of stuff going on before work or after work. It's usually over lunches and it's usually part of their normal work day. So what we have here is kind of expanded networking on, I call it on steroids, because you could pretty much go to a breakfast, lunch, dinner, happy hour uh, networking event that day. But you really have to decide which groups are most important because eventually you run out of time, you overcommit, and then you're not going to be able to make those 
important connections to the ones that you really want to focus on. So in a way, do you think it makes it a little bit harder, so to speak, because like you said, you you may be trying to hit all these ones, but not making those solid connections. Would you prefer it be more of a, a focused area as opposed to spreading it basically almost seems like 24 hours at times? Yeah. And, and prior to getting remarried, I used to do like 20 hour days and I was out there meeting with everybody I could breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, if I would had a life at that time, <laughs> I, I would have been able to do something else, but that was really my main focus. Mm-hmm. And out of those few years I did that, I have now gotten very choosy about the groups that I will go to because I know which ones are more supportive and the people are more like-minded to what I'm interested in. But I think initially you have to kind of go through the gamut and decide which ones are your connectors and do that first to just know it's going to take a little time. Now, unfortunately, we are getting a little low on time, but I did want to just maybe give you a, a chance to a nice big bow on this as a, as a summary. But And I know it's difficult because we're talking in generalities and every situation is going to be different. But what are some maybe just imperative pieces of advice that you would give overall on the topic of networking and how you handle your conversation skills? First, I would say show up and be authentic, dress for success, and honor your word. If you say you're going to follow up, follow up, and that's going to help you have a solid reputation when it comes to networking. And with that, we will bring Mining Your P's and Q's to a conclusion today. I'm sure everyone listening has gained some valuable nuggets for the next time a networking opportunity arises. Giving us some insight today was Sherry Elliott Yeary, president of Human Capital Solutions. Sherry, where can people find out more about you as well as your books? You can Google me, go to generationalguru.com. Or you can go to hcsinprimis.com or connect with me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Sherry, again, thank you for coming on and giving us some insight today. Thank you for allowing me to share. And thank you to all you listeners as well. Please keep coming back to continue the learning process here on Mining Your P's and Q's, part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Until we speak again, I'm Tim Muma.